At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. Whether it's a rear end by a clown car, <laughs> or a grizzly taking a quick dip in a pool. We know home and auto insurance, and we know you could save an average of 20% when you bundle the two. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Welcome back to Glee on the Rocks. I'm Mav. I'm Emily. And I'm Mandy. And today we're doing season two, episode 12, Silly Little Love Song. We are <laughs> hitting up all of the, all of the inappropriately uh, holiday-themed episodes. Totally not in the current, like, in the time period that's supposed to be done in, which I think just makes things even more fun. Because, I mean, why not do Christmas in May and, like, Valentine's Day in, in June, right? I think it's fine. Of course, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Uh, so, just a little bit of background information in case you haven't seen this episode recently, which, by the way, you should. Uh, do recommend going back and rewatching <laughs> should they? it. I, I guess I guess listen to the episode and decide for yourself. Okay. So, uh, Silly Love Songs is the 12th episode of Glee's second season. And it premiered on February 8th, 2011. How old does everybody feel now? Mm. Hopefully sufficiently old. Uh, So a little summary. Valentine's Day has arrived for New Directions. And as some members try to get Valentine's and woo their lovers, not all are lucky. As Finn sends up a kissing booth in an attempt to kiss Quinn, using the excuse of raising money for New Directions regional pay, uh, Rachel tries to steal a kiss from Finn in an attempt to reestablish their relationship. Kurt's feelings for Blaine begin to loosen to the point where he is pushed to admit it after Blaine reveals his attraction to another man. This episode was directed by Tate Donovan and written by Ryan Murphy. I could not uh, tell. <laughs> just a, a little, a little uh, some, I guess some extra information. It had uh, 11.58 million viewers um, on the day of. I don't believe these Nielsen ratings are taking into effect DVR like they do later. Just FYI, I don't know if I, we mentioned that, but like these are not, I believe, DVR three day and seven day um, numbers. These are literally just day of. Mm. And in case that didn't make sense to anybody, um, Nielsen ratings now include um, pro, like digital and DVR uh, viewings uh, up to a week later. So if you've taped it and watched it later, even if you didn't watch the night of, technically you still could have, you know, be counted. Uh, that is not necessarily the case here. So now that, we, now that we've all learned something, uh, I guess we're good for today, right? We're done? Don't need yeah. to do anything else? Cut and yeah. marker take two. Great. Fabulous. Those words mean something. <laughs> yeah. That's been a uh, long this- week. <laughs> Some of us have, have had, a, had a long week, and, and did you get to play with a clapboard? No, that's not my job. That, did that's you say it, it was your job? I just asked if you got to play with one. <laughs> I did not. I didn't. No. Fair enough. I would have just liked to steal one and just, like, use it. So I, oh, I, you, you I, get in big I, trouble for stealing the clapboard. Yeah, I have no doubt. 
those, those are useful. Come after you track you down. It's a whole thing. Uh, so, um, interestingly, this uh, this episode was actually really uh, positively acclaimed by critics. Uh, there were a lot of, and I went to go do some some research into this episode. Uh, a lot of people going, Glee returns to form, and I was like, what form is that? <laughs> Straight yeah, white but, kids um, kissing each other? Yeah, that's mean, a form? That is a form, and that is one that they do a lot, so you're not wrong. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. it, it seemed like just a lot of people were not happy, and like a lot of people, I mean critics, um, were not happy with like the Super Bowl episode, mm -hmm. which if you've not listened to, you should totally go listen to that one because it's totally necessary to listen to previous episodes to know what's going on. And I'm saying that in a sarcastic tone of voice. Probably don't need to, but you still should. Um, but yeah, a lot of critics didn't seem to like the Super Bowl episode. They didn't like all of the crazy, over-the-top um, theatrical performances. And uh, there seemed to be a lot of, hey, finally, we're, we're stripping things down as stripped down as Glee does, which is, you know, there's a fireworks performance. So, you know, strip down Glee mm -hmm. and, and focus on the characters, which, Reading that review just kind of made me laugh. So a stripped down Glee episode that focused on the. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, it focused on the romantic uh, roulette wheel of the character. Yeah. It focused, <laughs> right? Like it. God. It was the wheel of morality. Turn, turn, turn. Tell us of the couple. And we'll what we'll learn. learn. Yeah. Yeah. Like it really what what do they call it in the very beginning? The 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 love pentagon of Finn, Rachel, Puck, Quinn, and Sam of just like these boring ass white people and who's kissing who and who's jealous about whom and whom, not who. Just like let's cheat on each other because nothing bad I, it's really this whole episode is just the long con set up to the rumors episode. Right? Like, or just mm -hmm. it's just getting to where they all hate each other. But also, like, are there no other, like, girls or this entire fucking, like, No, school? apparently there are no other dateable people in the school of, let's say, 1,200 to 1,600 kids. Yeah, no, nobody else. Just these I'm just like, 10. I, I know you're more likely to probably date people you're friends with than, or within your friend group, because I'm like, that makes sense. You're, you're around them, and that's, in, like, in high school, and that, that's how that works. But also, like, again, you go to class with a bunch of people, like, you don't have any other friends at all, like, nothing else. And isn't it, I don't know, I just, in, in high school, I remembered a lot of people randomly dating for no reason that made no sense, just because they were, like, in chemistry together or mm -hmm. something. And That's I'm like, funny. and they had chemistry. Huh. Yeah, hey. Right. Uh, and, like, you don't get any of that. It's just all, like, no, only these people in this club can date yeah. each other. I'm like, how fucking incestuous. I have, so, I I have no rejoinder for that because, yes, there are no other people in this school is what we've learned. Yeah. Kind of like yeah, how... Um, I, can't, I can't help. Dalton has no teachers. Uh, Glee, I mean, not Glee, uh, McKinley does, does have other students, as we've seen. They're just non-playable characters. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. literally what they are, yeah. <laughs> they're there. Yeah, NPCs. There are there. You cannot interact with these characters at all. <laughs> yes. Uh, Beautiful. Well, this explains so much. 
All right. With with that, I guess I guess we should jump into to some of the storylines here because why not? Um, Will sets New Directions a love song assignment because that makes sense. Nothing says a great idea like kids making kids sing love songs to each other. Also, you're just not very you're not very uh, imaginative. It's Valentine's Day. Let's sing love songs. Right. I don't know. Um, yeah, I just, he, he's not big with the original line. No, he's really not. But uh, Well, you know, when the, the couples of the Glee Club are on the rocks, they they sing duets. And when it's Christmas, they sing Christmas songs. And when it's Valentine's Day, they sing love songs. And when it's Halloween, they sing Halloween. You know, that's mm-hmm. how they do things. Except when it's, except they also sing Halloween songs when it's not when it's not Halloween. But, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I, I, I want to talk about Lauren and Puck because I, I know it's the the continual, I guess, uh, content warning talking mm, about mm-hmm. Puck. Yeah. Just putting that out there. We, we don't, I mean, we, we do try to separate character and actor, but understanding that there's probably a lot of, a lot of uh, overlap for some people and we understand. Um, and do not like to talk about Puck too much, but I do feel that we should talk about his character a little, at least in this episode. Um, I am unsure how I feel about having the writers put Lauren and Puck together, because on one hand, I was like, uh, Puck is supposed to be the really cool, badass kind of character, um, and and you want to, you know, have him him go after Lauren, who on many TV shows would seem out of character since she's ostensibly bigger, quieter, not your pretty petite blonde cheerleader, not right. Quinn. Um, and I don't entirely feel like it's played for laughs, but I do kind of feel like it is. Mm. So it's like, I, it's, it's weird. Cause I'm like, it's not, but it is. And, it is and very I mean, hard way, to tell with Glee. It is. It is. And I obviously I, I hate the song that he did, but I also like that she hated the song. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, that's good because that's problematic. I would have liked for Puck to have been less of a sympathetic. Like you were clearly supposed to be rooting for her to want to go out with him, even while they were acknowledging that the song was like really shitty. Yeah, the song is like. Yeah. It's shitty, but like it sounds so good, and I'm sorry. No, it, I mean he. It's like a good song, song well. but it's a terrible song. It's it was a poor choice for what he was trying to do. That's, yes, that's the yes. point. And it's like you could have sung that song for any other reason. Maybe it would have been, you know, maybe it would have been mm-hmm. better. Um, but yeah, uh, for those who are not familiar or don't remember Puck singing Queen's Fat Bottom Girls, Thorn, while ostensibly a good song. Not quite what he should have been going for right here. Yes. Um, so yeah, I I just I have very conflicting opinions on Lauren and Lauren and Puck. It's like, and I I like that she does stand him up and doesn't seem to fall for like his you know bad boy charm, which is what I feel like they're trying to. Because like you said, Mandy, they want you to root for them. Yeah. And. She ends up going, okay, let's go on a date. Like, we'll go, we'll spend Valentine's Day together, but we're friends. Mm-hmm. So I kind of liked that, that she was um, thwarting expectations. 
but I also still sort of felt like it kind of played for laughs and I'm still like but at the end of the day it's like I don't I don't hate this but I don't like it and I don't know I don't really know how to feel so I was, I was throwing it out there to you guys to see see what your opinions were if you can help me figure out my own opinions and my own feelings <laughs> well let I, me tell you how you should feel I don't like tell me how to life. feel yeah I'm I'm not a fan of it okay I, how to feel. thank you <laughs> I you know I guess I kind of was into it I'm trying to remember how I felt about it and at the time I kind of was into it just in as like a, a a bigger girl although I I I just as someone and like the aromantic spectrum like I just do not care about dating so I was never worried about someone liking me or not liking me but it's like the representation of someone who's coded as the hot bad boy of the school actively pursuing someone who looks like Lauren's Ices was nice. And then to have mm-hmm. someone who looks like Lauren's Ices not be the pathetic, sad, fat girl sitting in the corner pining over someone who will never like her back was nice. So it was the slight difference in representation was a was an upside but it mm-hmm. that that is if you take the baggage of the characters away from from them and just look at the what they can kind of stand for as figureheads of kind of of somewhat underrepresented characters on TV cuz cuz fat women are often put into these kind of tentpole categories right and like and it and it's changing with um fuck me what's that show with um Katie. Oh, shrill. Shrill, yes. Where where they're, the story isn't just that they're a sad fat woman living a sad fat woman life, right? That they have a full enriched life and jobs and friends and boyfriends and girlfriends and blah, 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 and all those things that skinny hot women always get and that characters like Rachel and Quinn and Santana and Brittany and that they always have. And it's not, yep. it's a given rather than a plot point. So in that regard, uh, it was I was fine with it. But then also, on the, you know, on the other hand, there are times where Lauren's character is reduced to her demanding chocolate <laughs> to be wooed, and you're like, well, okay, you you had me, and then you lost me, because her being on the wrestling mm-hmm. team is kind of cool, and then her demanding boxes of chocolates is like, uh, hold on. <laughs> I mean, I think that's why I don't like it, because I'm kind of incapable of, like, forgetting where the storyline goes, which, yeah, I mean, like, it's not something that I feel like is played seriously in the long run, and that just disappoints me a lot. Yes, I agree with that. It is hard (laughs) doing a retrospective of a show when you know... When, when you can't really look at it with fresh eyes because you're like, ah, but you are going to do X, Y, and Z down the line. And, and I also, mm-hmm. like, I can't remember what I thought about it at when I first it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think either of those characters left a big impression on me. And, you know. It has been eight fucking years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it has, though, hasn't it? I mean, I, I do it, think. Yes. And in the end, their characters don't matter that much to the show. Sorry to to the big fans of fucking Lauren, but like they they are not the lodestone. Were they called of the luck? Show. Was it? I don't know. Were they ever called luck shippers? 
Maybe. I don't know. They should have been. If you if 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 anybody's still shipping them, I want you to call yourself a luck shipper just because it makes <laughs> me happy. And also tell us uh, what you what you see in it. What's your feels? Yeah, that'd be that'd be nice to know. Um, I I think I mean I guess the the other big the other I mean there's Artie and Mike dance or song song and dance for there and then Tina's Ugh. song. Uh, What's it for? I, I hate what yes. they did with Tina. Talk about a sad I sack do. character. Like how fucking pathetic was that? She has such a beautiful voice. Yeah, she can she sing. Does. Please let her sing just once in a while. I really want to know who Jenna pissed off to like get to be on the show but not ever really get to like sing or do much considering how awesome she is right like god damn jenna what did you do um also i have a hard time listening to pretty young thing i had a hard time listening to pretty young thing when it was airing is it because I, of michael jackson yes but i also think the the um the song itself sounds creepy and i've always thought uh, yes it is a it is a little creepy yeah I mean, song talking about how you're a pretty young thing. Oh no, God, that, that just gives me the makes me feel skeevy. I totally get it. It's just like I that particular. If I was Brittany or Tina, which I am not, would respond to it the same way Lauren responds, girls, mm-hmm. which is like that creeps me out. This insults me. No, <laughs> but um, you know, I'm not them. So. Songs. Songs like uh, Pretty Young Thing also remind me how much of Michael Jackson's lyrics are just nonsensical. True. And, and when you for, hear somebody else sing them. Yeah. And, and, you know, this is not a podcast to discuss who or what Michael Jackson was like that. We cannot go into that shit. But it's like a series mu- of podcasts. Musical genius. Yes. Everything else. Yes. But also like, what the fuck are some of those lyrics? Why would you tenderoni? Why? What kind of term of endearment for any person is tenderoni? I don't think I listened to the lyrics uh, well enough, so now I'm gonna have to go back later. Manny's <laughs> so confused. She's like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> you should really quickly look at the lyrics because it's like tenderoni. You've got to be like he's calling her tenderoni. That's weird. And like, don't I just... you call people that? I I don't. What? I don't. I'm sorry. Here. Um. Yeah. Na 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 Yeah, I'm looking at the lyrics now, and I I I'm gonna go ahead and agree. Tenderoni. Tenderoni. I mean, sometimes you just you, you got to get that internal rhyme happening, and I get it, but like it just makes me Could've think of with pepperoni. Beefaroni, Chef Boyardee. Like I, I, mean, I know this really is not much that ends in oni. <laughs> oni. Oh, my little pony. Genuine made a whole song about pony. So, you know, which Glee never covered. And so, I just like, uh, how so come yeah, Sebastian sang pony? Because he was too busy with whistle. <laughs> Next season on. <sighs> we'll get there. Um, it's a matter of time. So any anything else we have to say about, about luck or no. Brittany and Tina and Artie and Mike before we get into the blob that is everybody else? Uh, Dalton I mean, is obviously being held for for later. <laughs> oh God! I mean, Finn turned back into a douche canoe. 
all because yeah, of like, that that's the blob. He's part of the blob. Oh, he's part of the blob. Okay, we'll get to the blob, the white blob. Um, yeah. Hmm. You know, Santana being called out for being a bitch is kind of like, yeah, she is. What's your fucking point? But I also like, I also got frustrated at how angry she got because I was like, I thought you knew that. I thought you knew that about yourself. I know. I thought that, that was, was like your calling card. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was the point of you. Like I thought that was like you held like respect and, and an admiration for, for yourself yeah. that you were a bitch. Yeah. It's kind of fun to see them out of their uh, Cheerios costumes. Yeah. That's strange. Oh, and also that it took this long um, yeah. for it to actually, you know, happen. All right. So back to the blob, I guess. I mean, so, we, we could skip the blob, make this a shorter episode dedicated to the gap attack. Okay, so here, the, here, I think I think we've got. There is one thing I need to bring up about the blob in relation to the blob. This episode, the blob. I mean, the white blob. It, it's the white blob, yeah. And it's okay. So two things. You think I'm one, not writing it down? I am. I have no doubt. One. Quinn says, the first time I cheated, I got pregnant. The second time, I got mono. I think the universe is telling me something. The universe isn't telling you shit, girl. You're just, you shouldn't cheat on people. That's one. But also, like, <laughs> I, I can't believe it's taking, like, consequences for you to realize that. And, like, I get that you're, like, 16 and all. And, like, you may be apparently not that smart. But, like. Consequences for actions? What, what? the fuck? <laughs> I, that's what you're going to get from this? I'm going to have consequences to my actions that I dislike. Maybe, maybe I, that are going to affect my health. So therefore maybe I won't cheat on people as opposed to any other reason. Like Quinn, girl. Yeah. I'm not going to not cheat on people because it's wrong or, you know, well, wrong is a sticky subject and ethics and whatever. And Plato. Ethics and morals. And that's a whole podcast. Ethics and morals. Also a television show. Watch The Good Place to talk about that uh, for someone else to Good discuss. Place. You want uh, somebody to come and talk about you about your show on a podcast despite the podcast you already have? Yeah. Let us know. Uh, yeah, just like a, a lot of Glee's moral quandaries seem to forget, like, just be a good person? Question mark? Maybe. Like, what? I, don't, I feel I mean, like, what? like Quinn. It's questionable writing, but also teenagers often do forget that. Yes, that is, I that mean, is true. I, that I whole I, underdeveloped I sense of teenagers sympathy. forget that. I would yeah. argue teenagers don't forget what's right and what's wrong. It's more this matters more to me to do it in the moment, so I'm just going to ignore the consequences. I, I feel like, depending on the age of the teenager, um, teenagers are in that phase of learning that things you do hurt people yes their brains are still very squishy oh no no brains are totally squishy but i i believe 100 percent. i just i think that in, as you get older you go this is wrong because of these reasons and you're able to understand those consequences more and as far as like and not ignore them. Whereas when you're younger, you know it's wrong. You know that there yeah, are I mean, negative consequences. You just don't care at the time. Telling a three-year-old the stove is hot and a three-year-old going, the stove is hot. And then the three-year-old touching the stove and going, oh, that's hot. Yeah. Like, 
there's a learning process there. So I feel like in that regard, even though I don't think that the Glee writers were purposely saying, let's exhibit the formation <laughs> of being teenagers, I think they were just doing a bad writing. But I still think that's like the one thing that's realistic about them as 16 year olds is that they're doing stupid shit and hurting people and then going, oh my God, that hurt you. Have we like, just wow. missed completely that Glee is actually about the fundamental development of the human brain? Maybe we did. Maybe that's, maybe that's why we've been, we've been critiquing it all wrong all, all along. Is it just really about human development? And we've, we've just come at this the wrong angle. Surely. Well, I'm sorry. uh, Little Timmy, no Ryan Murphy had like doctoral degrees in child development. (laughs) So it's been a psychology experiment the whole time. Oh God. That would make that would make Glee make so much more sense if he was just. Also, also, how Ryan Murphy would interact with fans on social (laughs) media. Oh man. I'm like, you were quite literally baiting experiments. This explains. (laughs) So that's going to be one of that's our mini episodes. Podcast. No, oh, that's definitely. Gonna, that's an entire podcast. That's a how mini glee, episode. How glee you social media should be an entire mini episode, which yeah. you can listen to on. if you join our Patreon. Check that out our Patreon page. Cannot put the amount of complaints. We're not talking about it now. Frustrations into a mini episode. There's going to be so many. There's going to be multiple. That's totally fair. Um, but okay, so the second, second, my second issue with the blob, and then we can move on from it. Um, <laughs> the blob. It is a blob. It's just blob. like, it just, it, it blurs all over everything in this episode. It does. But also, like, no, no, but really, Santana, what the fuck? Your, your plan, your diabolical plan. <laughs> I'm going to make out with this dude that has mono. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I'm going to go make out with Finn. Mm-hmm. And Finn's gonna get mono, and yep. then he's gonna pass it to Quinn. Yep. Mono takes about a month's incubation to have symptoms. It's this is so like you're going like long term, like are you thinking like long tail plan here, kind of a thing, because it's There's not a- gonna be like an immediate turnaround and they get in trouble. In which case, also, also if Finn does get mono from you. Everybody in the school who made out with Finn would have mono, or none of them would, or, which is the more, you know, rational case, some would, some wouldn't, but it wouldn't just be Quint. I mean, I'm... No, no, there's no way. So, I'm just, it, it, I know being angered by the scientific reasoning and medical reasoning in this television show is dumb and i don't know why i want to defend this hill but apparently this is the hill i'm going to die on it's a shame it's a shame finn doesn't have a parent who's perhaps a medical professional that could have informed him that what he has can't yeah you know no nurses in this family busy with her her uh you know night nurse um shift so she hasn't had time to apparently teach him things also don't tell me you don't think Carol taught him what having sex led to babies and he still didn't pick that up. I don't think Finn really pays attention. That's a valid. I think Finn just like looks at people talking and just like, I imagine it's like 
song in his brain sometimes. I like, imagine and he's staring. White noise in his brain sometimes. <laughs> I say this liking Finn sometimes. I say liking the character. I think they kept trying to write him as mm. not always the character that they actually wrote him as. It's just but a like the character that I think. <laughs> it's just like occasionally he just looks at something and it's just like. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> That's just the Glee theme song. <laughs> Pong. <laughs> uh, and that's all I have to say about about the blob. I will I will leave it. We don't have oh, to go into it. No, there's only there's only one other blob thing. Um, when Quinn, no, Finn. They're so blob. I can't tell them apart. Finn says something like, "It it hurts to be cheated on." Uh, and, and basically, like, so I want you to cheat on Sam for me. Like, what? What? No, you can't. Because he's talking yeah. to Quinn about the whole thing. Is like, it hurts to be cheated on. So, uh, so make out with me. Like, but, uh, well, you just told her that it sucks, but you want her to do it to Sam because you want her anyway. Fuck. Mm-hmm. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah. much. All of, all of this is either it's terrible writing or it's great writing for teenagers. I'm not sure. Honestly, I don't know. Both and neither are the same. That sounds accurate. All right. So I think it is time. For the true meaning of this episode? (laughs) To the true meaning of this episode. That's not just the gap attack. There's actually, there's quite a lot of claim, pre-claim, early claim in this episode. There's, there's some Dalton and there's the lima bean. There's, there's a lot and it's lovely. And everyone looks great in their peacoats because they're pretending that it's, uh, that it's February in Los Angeles. Um, and you know, the little, done, guys. the little the little kissing doggies and the cookies and the coffee orders and the lines that ended up in every single thick. <laughs> okay, that is that is that is something I feel like we need to address. I mean, the whole coffee. Yeah, I mean, not address, but just like, it is really interesting to go back and, and see things or as you, or as you said before, not see things and things like, oh, I thought that was an actual thing. And then you realize it's not. Um, and yeah, finding the beginning to coffee orders. You mm-hmm. know, my coffee order. Uh, I'm also always amused that um, Blake's just ordering a coffee. Yeah, yeah. Straight, yeah. straight coffee. <laughs> Good job for remembering that he's ordering a coffee, Kurt. You know, it's a really difficult order he's got there. Just and medium also, drip. also medium, medium drip. How pretentious! You couldn't just say coffee. How many of uh, us, when we order coffee, actually say drip? Well, okay, and also, like, what sixteen, seventeen-year-old boy is drinking black fucking coffee? Anyway, so yeah, it's 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 cute to kind of see the the uh, beginnings of something that you think of as cliche now and you're like oh yes. there's a period of time it wasn't cliche because it literally just started in this episode or that yeah. episode um i do kinda, yeah it's fun. such a small thing though but i also love that the lima bean is just the gift shop at the paramount lot <laughs> oh that's funny i didn't know that and you can you can kind of tell if you look at the background that the way they frame the shot they're trying so hard to only have to dress a very small portion of the set because the there is uh, the Paramount gift shop has like a coffee stand, which is why that's all they, you can actually like order a fucking coffee and there's like stuff set up to purchase, but they're, they're shot on such tight angles and from certain perspectives because 
it's an actual gift shop and they can't rebrand everything in there. So they just dress a very small portion of it because everything else in there says like Fox, Paramount, Hollywood. I just think it's cute that instead of finding a set or building another set, they were just like, this works. Um, anyway, the main point, point of this oh. whole scene is that Blaine uh, has a crush on a dude who is not Kurt and it is the most embarrassing, cringeworthy, disastrous moment that Glee does. And I hate it. And I feel so bad for Kurt. And it's terrible and wonderful. And there are some great quotes that come out of it as well. Such as the uh, if oh if he and I got married the gap would give me a fifty percent discount. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> Which I, I'm not saying I think about it often, but every once in a while, like the gap would give me a fifty. Except Blaine shops at Brooks Brothers, so like let's not pretend that he would shop at the Gap. I know that was really the thing. It was like Blaine, do you even shop at Gap? Do you even like? Did you, you even know here? what the Gap was before? Yeah. Like you know, look before Jeremiah started working there. Yeah. Like, did you have to Google where the gap was? Because you did. I think you probably did. Yeah, I think it's funny that they were trying to act like, well, yeah, okay. To be fair, this is before we see um, Blaine's non-warbler clothes, right? Like, this is before season three Blaine, who was dressed like uh, a sexless doll. Yeah. So we we don't know where he shops yet. It's it's later where they ruin him. <laughs> his baby to be doll fair, even blame it on the even blame it on the alcohol blaine is is fairly loose with yeah. his clothing yeah and somewhere somewhere between season two and season three they're like cupid doll which i'm yes. i'm not gonna lie there were definitely things in season three i liked clothing wise because mm-hmm. i didn't dislike some of the bow tie and boat shoe and chino pants looks sometimes it wasn't a bad look but sometimes it was like definitely cupid it was just was like this this was this this jumped off the rails at some point into toddlerdom and i'm not yes. sure exactly where that line was but yeah anyway, I mean, we can talk about it when we get there but it's because they took the one thing and then they made it the whole thing yeah. instead of like an aspect they made it everything but yes so blaine obsessively apparently has a crush on a person named jeremiah who is also apparently like an adult yeah, how old to... was he supposed to be? I have no idea because all of a sudden after this whole fiasco goes down, he's like, and you're underage. Like, well, how fucking old are you to go on a date with a 17-year-old? Like, Yeah, why Why did you have why did you... I, have... Yeah. I took Jeremiah at maybe 18 or 19, maybe just like graduated from um, high school and is like, in my mind, he was a lot more, I'm assist, assistant store manager at the gap while like either like gap a gap year <laughs> before college <laughs> no. or like maybe at like you know uh community college and working at home or you know a lot like in my mind he was he was older than blaine but not like excessively i was like eh, two maybe three years that's about it which when you're 16 17 two or three years is is, is you know a difference um as you get older it's like meh yeah. but uh so, yeah yeah I do, was, yeah yeah i do find as much as i hate secondhand embarrassment somehow and i hate secondhand embarrassment like to the oh, point yeah. of like i have to mute something or i have to walk away like i cannot i cannot watch it uh i love this scene for some reason <laughs> i don't know <laughs> 
I is think it because dumb? it crosses over into so bad it's funny for you? Yeah, I think it's like it's like this is so over the top. This is not even like this doesn't even ping embarrassment because it's just dumb and mm-hmm. silly. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where it hits for me. I'm like, nobody does this. Nobody does this. Nobody rallies his boys. You cannot see the hand gestures I'm making right now, but please imagine them. <laughs> his gay Hogwarts bros. His gay Hogwarts bros. And it's like, guys, 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 let's go. Let's go serenade a dude, a dude at his place of work in our blazers. Brilliant, brilliant wow. idea. Brilliant idea, everybody. Also, also, also. It's gonna have a ton, a sexual toy in your window. Yeah. yeah. A lot of comments about dildos, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but like not actually about dildos, just like quietly about. And this is brilliant. And they went, yes, Blaine, yes. I just want to know, like, why did, why this song? Like, what? So Blaine, up until now. You want to know why this song? It's because Ryan Murphy picked it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say Ryan Murphy wrote this episode. Because Ryan Murphy the song. likes Robin Thicke. I don't know. Because, but like, what about Blaine screams uh, sex toy creeper song at this point? Like right now we have him singing Maroon 5 pop hits. Like Katy Perry, Maroon 5. And all of a sudden it's like... I don't even know if you've seen... Has he sung Maroon 5 yet? I thought it was just all straight up female pop artists so far. Is it? I guess it is, but it's yeah. So yeah, it's so far like I think it's all been po- like female pop artists. Okay, so that's even even more so. Here's suddenly Robin Thicke doing like a clearly sexual creeper. I'm standing by my uh, Ryan Murphy wanted Darren to sing this song. Reasoning. I think a lot of things happen on Glee because Ryan Murphy wanted Darren to do something, and that can yeah. be another mini episode. <laughs> Like that has yeah. nothing to do with the show technically, but it does in I mean, and I think that that comes down to a lot of a lot of songs or that, a well, that is a that's a fan things. theory rather than a reading of the show, right? That is our interpretation of some things that happen down the line is that we interpret something to say like we think given uh, extra <laughs> extra textual information and fandom chatter, right? That some shit happens oh. <laughs> that we can discuss. I think, yeah. And I think it's a bigger conversation than just Darren because um, we oh, can yes. look at the normal and then look at Diana's situation. Yes. And presume that many things happened on that show because Ryan Murphy made up his mind a certain way in his head. Yes. I mean, I'm pretty sure Ryan said that. Like, he said he's like there was stuff that I did during like a, like how I reacted or how I acted with Glee that I I'm not I'm not you know proud of or you know I shouldn't have done or like the way I responded to to how people were reacting was not was not you know in it's not my best and I shouldn't have done that it's like yeah you think yeah um, you I think even Ryan think. has so I think even Ryan has has come Growing out up to a say, well that reflection <laughs> is the first step. But yeah, so I think there's, uh, I, I think there's some self-admittance on his part mm. that while while we may have differing, like there may be different things that he's thinking of than ours. I think a lot of stuff happened on Glee. That's because Ryan wanted a thing. Yes. And I, yes. 
So I, I do and agree, so bringing it back to this episode, that this song, I do think, is Ryan wanted a, a specific person to sing this song. Yeah. And if, if Ryan Murphy would like to counter that opinion, he is free to let us know. Yeah, not not in a subpoena. Not in a subpoena, we're broke. <laughs> Please just email us. <laughs> Wait, yeah. Our email is open. Our email is um, open, and we'll also accept DMs if you don't want to email us. Slide into our DMs, Ryan Murphy, we have questions. Yeah. Just remember, if so you do, questions. we're going to start asking questions. Um, the other thing I did, I do uh, want to ask your, your opinion, Mandy, Emily. Yes, that's me. I mean, one of those is me. <laughs> you are both of them. I, uh, pink Wayfarers. Okay, listen. Um, fuck. Like, no. Okay, first of all, how many here had more than one <laughs> pair of pink Wayfarers? Please raise your hand. The pink sunnies. They're as far as I can recollect, and I might be wrong because I don't necessarily know the oeuvre of the other actors in the same way. And I, and even cutting myself off already, I think there have been some references to Leah Michelle's prior works on the show, but like not in the same way as this is a direct fucking reference to Darren Chris's previous life. In such a, it's not even his previous work. It's just his life. Him? Like. Yeah, like him as a person, as a, um, well, not, I don't want to say a person because like a uh, uh, celebrity, uh, like the person you portray. Okay. Him, 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 him in pub public, public figure. Persona. Yes. Public persona. That's what I was going for. Like yep. uh, those funnies are a direct, obvious, specific reference to public persona of Darren Chris circa 2000, what, like five to 13, right? Like, they are so hyper specific and to have them they're not just sitting like in the background on a table somewhere like a game of thrones coffee cup like they are used in the episode they are picked up they are put on <laughs> they are prop wearing them it's a used prop center frame like boom this is not They're just Blaine right now. Even on the set, he probably I, brought them in. They like, just took him. The prop yeah. people probably took them from him. Those are probably his. They pulled him out of his purse, and they were like, "Here, put these on." Like, I don't. I, even when that aired, I remember people being like, "Well, one screaming on Tumblr and Twitter and being like, oh my god, Star Kid.'" But also like, "What? <laughs> like, why? Why did that happen? What was the why? point other than to be like?" This is very clearly highlighting that this character is played by Darren Chris in a way that the other characters are not highlighted as being played by a specific actor. Rachel Berry is not highlighted as being Rachel Berry played by Leah Michelle. She's not she's not Rachel Berry who is sometimes referenced as being uh brought you know, it's like I can't even think of other You know, you never you never yeah. got a Leah Michelle shout out from Rachel. Yeah. Like Rachel never said or did things that was like, hey, shout out to literally who I am. So even, I was and just thinking like is... in this episode, they reference, um, there's a whole thing about how Santana says that she's only ever going to star in like, what was it? A Broadway adaptation of Willow. Like that was close enough because it was Broadway and Leah has been on Broadway. 
but they don't even they could have said that she would only ever be on spring awakening because that's the only broadway show she's ever done like they don't even they don't even use spring awakening like they don't even have her like doing the thing no all they get is the stuff, right and that is such a broad who doesn't like what what broadway person doesn't love barbara streisand so even that we even that both leah michelle and rachel berry love barbara streisand doesn't make it a rachel berry specific right like if tina cohen chang was also like oh i also like barbara streisand you'd be like that's not for you if another character put on a fucking pair of pink wayfarers you'd be like why no why are you trying to cop that yeah Yeah, it's just it's it's so specific it's one and it's another one of those things that i want to bring up in our multi-layered conversation we have about like how the like ryan specifically blurred lines with the show yeah and it's sort of okay so we may end up having to cut some of this out so apologies um i'm gonna just as a note to um, the listeners if this gets choppy we apologize it's because occasionally we veer off into things that we feel like it become not appropriate to air and we apologize, but we some, we sometimes find ourselves talking about things that we feel like we shouldn't air for our own or that don't sake. or that don't you know necessarily make sense within a con- like a podcast that's about, about show, Glee necessarily. Yeah, yeah. So and if it gets choppy, so, it's because I'm not necessarily that great at editing yet. So I'm sorry. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working uh, on. I'm, I'm the, learning. Uh, but one of the things that obviously came out of of was a a very large um real person shipping you know uh society which is for a lot i mean i know heather and um naya got it a lot and then um diana got it a lot especially when she wore the shirt that says like girls oh yeah on, 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 on tour. tour and there's obviously darren and chris were huge for a while and then i think darren and cord was for a while and then yes. darren and leah and then I, I I know a lot of the Darren ones apparently was there was certainly he was a fan of bicycle and Darren and Diana were one for a while he was he was the fan of bicycle for a while so anyway there were a lot <laughs> and um, I think part of the problem that I I do believe our RPF will happen regardless and I think that I what? have I have very very oh yeah go figure public personas are perceived as as characters by people i mean surprise um I, I i firmly believe in a fourth wall and that wall should be sturdy and held up and and maintained but um but between fans and and celebrities and or the things that they're they're fanish about but i think part of the problem glee had with rpf was how ryan blurred lines in the show and that made it seem to some people like either we can bring it to those actors or we can show it to you know the people like show it to ryan show it to whoever or or or, or actually talk to them about it because ryan is is literally blurring that line now or, you know, it just ends up being like, hey, some people are going to start talking about it and being excited about it. And then other people are just kind of going to go crazy and we're going to end up having this entire fandom war between each other. But anyway, I think a lot of it stems from gray areas and 
boundary crossing that Ryan did because I don't, you're not supposed to blend a character and an actor in this yeah. way. And I don't, and I don't know if at this time they still thought Blaine was just sort of a one-off. I'm starting to think at this point, they assumed he wasn't, but like, even if he was like, Oh, he's just going to be a one-off character. He's going to go away soon. And this is just kind of a funny thing, uh, a wink at the fans. Like I get it. But at the same time, like that, you're breaking a wall there that needs to be there that like between like reality and, and, and your show. And there's a certain amount of it I think you can do that's tongue in cheek and, and, you know, you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but he starts here. And I think if this had left it here, it would have probably been fine. But as we know, he does it a lot. And so you end up having a lot of people read into scripts to mean like, what does this mean? And sometimes it didn't really mean anything, but you don't know that because he does shit like this. And so, and I don't know if that was deliberate, deliberately a, just supposed to be like a, a fun throw to the fans, or if it's just him being the crazy, you know, kind of, I like to stir the pot, which I firmly believe is one of those people. It's like, he just likes to, he likes to set a firework and like throw it and then just like run away and watch. I yeah. firmly believe Ryan Murphy's that kind of a person. Um, can hate. Sometimes it's fun to do that. But uh, I feel like he he ran a lot of his television shows that way. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, inevitably, I I find that this this just, it's strange. It's weird. It makes no sense. I don't understand why Blaine has a, has a like, a, or why Blaine Darren has a very overt shout out to somebody that, as 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 many of us in fandom are, are well aware, there are, there are key items. I mean, I go so far to say they're like totems for certain people, where it's like when you saw like a Diet Coke can, you're like that is referencing a person. Yeah. Within within a fandom, uh, respective sense, and and pink sunglasses were that, and that was how closely tied to Darren they were, and so it's just very. It, it it makes for wee, but then also, but wait. Yeah, what? and I'm I'm sure there are things uh, other actors have other totems, as you put it, that would have pinged on other shows. I, I don't know what they would have been, right? Like, yeah, other. I'm not as I'm not as well versed in enough yeah. other people. Right. I'm saying the same. That. Yeah, like if if an actor on another show had a thing that was their thing, and that thing, thing to thing 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 showed up on their TV show, I think it would have the same weird crossing the streams of like, what, why? <laughs> that person yeah, like, on this show should not be wearing a Nike, like their signature Nike, blah, blah, blah. like that's not, that's not, that's not part of the show that that's uh, the actor. That's not, yeah. And I, it, I think it does fall into this kind of long, I don't, it's hard to know if it's a long-standing tradition of the fan celebrity bridge and chasm of you know the way the way we idolize and ideate people who are in certain positions of authority and honor and um, I mean that's that's a whole like master's thesis right of the way we look at. <sighs> I can't even get into all of that, but like, it's why we have celebrities, right? We put certain people on pedestals and we do it for 
reasons beyond a lot of comprehension. But mm-hmm. the way celebrity works these days is that the the chasm of attainability and accessibility is very narrow. And a lot of that has to do with social media. And that the distance felt between you and a person that you see on TV or in a magazine or whatever the fuck, whatever media it is, doesn't feel as wide anymore because you can literally talk to them in real time or someone that you think is them. It's really their social media team. But someone you think is them in real time, two inches from your face on your phone. And it feels like a relationship and it's not. And then that's the actor. And then you see that person on TV and it's their same face and it's their same fucking sunglasses and it's a character, but it's not, and it's them and it's not. And your brain is not as smart as you think it is. And it's all, it's just media consumption. Yeah. Our brains are not that smart. Right. And media consumption, it's, mm, I don't know how to like phrase it because it all just tumbles together, but it's, it is very confusing. There's a lot, there's a lot there. It's a lot there for your monkey brain. It's a lot for your monkey brain and your lizard brain just to be like, person, I like person, must talk to person. And it, I think it does make these fandom lines very easily crossed in ways they they should not be. And a lot of this was happening around this time where you'd see these like Tumblr posts and Twitter posts of like, don't tag the actor in your fucking posts. Don't send your fanfic, don't send your fan art, don't send your shit to the actor. It's not the same person, right? And like yeah. the fact that you would still need to tell people, don't send them shit, speaks to that problem of accessibility. You should never have, I feel like, well, I mean, we're also old as fuck now, but like, we shouldn't have to tell people, don't send them your stuff. Don't. Yeah. I mean, fandom them. for the fans. That's the point. Yeah, fandom is about your experience of the thing. It's not about you pulling that person into your experience of the thing until you go to like a convention. And a convention has its own set of rules and regulations. And we're not going to talk about that shit. Murphy. Yeah. Well, it is he, like, it's definitely something new media has changed too, yes. though, because a lot of the celebrities now are the like the brands are people not mm-hmm. characters not yeah. tv show proper that's a problem I I very think. yeah no i mean i definitely think it is as someone who is in a oh, very yeah. new media fandom where i look look at the lines that are blurred and i'm like i don't like that yeah i don't like that and and uh, like and at this time murphy was kind of like pulling the the lines apart in ways or like if you have if let's let's use like a supernatural reference if you had like a salt circle around fandom right like this is our protective mm-hmm. circle and we're gonna keep our shit our shit and you keep your real life your real life murphy would come along and just be like nope 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 nope, nope. we're gonna put some pig sunnies right in that scene like whoa but now now you're telling us that's darren but it's blame but it's darren but it's not and how do we we meaning like the royal we not like you and i and us but right 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 we're so, yeah, I just, I just, I, I feel like he's, yeah, he's kind of blowing, blowing a little bit on that salt circle. That's... I, I always wondered if he did it intentionally and maliciously, or if he did it because he didn't fucking understand fandom. I often felt 
of, of two minds about it. And maybe this needs to be its own fucking extra episode because there's there's a lot of it. And it's like Blaine's hair and the way the characters are treated and all this other kind of stuff. And like the way Kurt gets treated. And I it's like I could never tell. And I and I'm I still can't tell. And and with like the the Glee Brazil Twitter, like did Murphy do some of these things intentionally and maliciously, knowing what the reactions were gonna be? Or did he just not understand the way fandom works and the way the way fandom operates as a blobby, amorphous, non um, non singular mass? Because everyone's different, mm-hmm. and no one operates the same, and everyone, but it all kind of like blibs together and doesn't, and it kind of like a little tendril goes out and does one thing and comes back, and everyone just kind of like blibs along together down the street. And I could never. I have a, I have I, a separate argument on that. No, please, someone, because I just I'm still just like I don't know. Is he an asshole? Is he stupid? I don't know. Uh, I I think he made the mistake a lot of people make in that he likes the positive attention from a fandom a lot, and then kind of turns into a toddler when he inevitably encounters the fact that for all of the positive attention, you're gonna like hit the backlash too. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Was, I, mean, I don't want to go too far into the him on social media thing because I do think we should do a separate episode about that but yeah, yeah and and I think in this case um with the the actor kind of crossover things on Glee um he got the positive attention and he liked that but the backlash went more to the actors less it to Ryan that's, Murphy yeah that's the thing too so it, there may have been some lack of awareness yeah, yeah. I see I think I think the Pink Sunnies thing was just a throwaway, whether it was Ryan wrote it as a, as a like, haha, that'd be funny. Whether Darren was like, I don't put these sunglasses. And like, and they're like, put sunglasses on. He was like, haha, I'll put, I'll use mine. And they're like, yeah, that's funny. Go ahead and do that. I honestly think that the sunglasses reference was an innocent, like, we think it'd be funny. We think it'll be like a, uh, fans will enjoy it. They'll, they'll get it. If they get it, if they don't, they won't, it won't be a big deal. But I do think there was a reaction to it that then proceeded to lead to more. Why they did it with Darren and Blaine, I think it's because that's safe as opposed to Rachel, which is like, she's a, she's a, not a, not a safe character at that point. She was like, Hey, like, no, that's like our, our main, our A character. You know, she's like our lead. We can't really, we're not going to do anything that could like, you know, throw off her characterization. <laughs> I mean, they kind yeah. of did know. Like, the entire Glee Live tour was a weird mix of, like... Yeah, God, that was But that too. came out, didn't that... Oh, you're talking yeah, the first did, one. Yeah, uh, I, and okay. I'm saying that, like, after the thing with Darren, and, like, there was a reaction, like, they did kind of move on to, like, ramping it up. Mm-hmm. And I think, and I think that's when they got, they started to get the reaction, and then they, they, they're going to lean into it, and they're going to go, and somewhere around there they decided to use fandom as a movement of of marketing and a way and so it which is a really interesting because the idea that 20 percent of your audience is going to be like 80 percent of your revenue was very appropriate in the terms of of glee in the sense that you had a very 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 small but passionate fan base and they're going we're gonna we're gonna pander to them now the pandering that they did to us wasn't always the pandering we wanted um but i and i think that comes down to we're going to we're going to create an entire marketing strategy and idea base around fandom without fully realizing 
what and how fandom is and how it reacts. And in some ways it's going to do exactly what you want it to do. And in some ways it's not going to be predictable at all because we don't even know how to like it work. But I do think that this is an entire, we've already gone down like a, a rabbit hole that I think, I think yeah. we can continue like, it's just so, it's so way more. I know. Yeah. I, I just, inevitably, I'm like, I, I think this, this crossed the line. I think it was an innocent line, uh, how it meant for this episode, but I do think it was blurring that, that salt line, that fourth wall. It was, it was starting something that, that made Glee as a fandom worse, particularly different, yeah, worse, but different. Yeah. And how people responded and reacted to both characters and actors and um, not, and not it just being fandom specific, but like taking fandom to people because you're, mm-hmm. you're starting to blur, you're starting to blur a lot of that. And I'd love to be able to then go, Hey, check out the rest of our like conversation about this on our mini episode. Cause we are definitely going to go into this. <laughs> yeah. It, it may be more than a mini episode that may end up being a, either a several part series that'll be on our Patreon. It probably will. Uh, or longer, but, uh, but yes, we will be, I think it's safe to say that we will be doing at least several mini episodes on our Patreon. Um, on this one, because this about is, this, yeah. not, only, not only do we all have extensive experience in, in Glee's fandom, in, in how it, we reacted, but ruined I mean, our lives. We've, all been, we've all been in multiple other fandoms, yeah. both um, from, from many different types of, of properties and, and actors and people. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's interesting how this was sort of a weird. And now we work. Different. Now we work. <laughs> In the. Uh, yeah. We fucked up. Maybe we'll get some uh, yeah. other Glee uh, refugees to, to talk with us too. That'd be nice. I'd also yeah. really like to talk to Kevin and Jenna eventually at some no. point. I say eventually as if that's going to happen. We're not uh, that cool. Like, I'd love to. We're not that cool. We don't uh, have the downloads people, for that. People, please extensively download our podcast so that we look really, really cool. So they want to come talk to us because we. Because yeah. I just, I just have a couple questions I'd love to ask them. We just want some clarification about everything. That'd be great. This is everything. <laughs> you can clarify everything. That'd be great. About um, the entire experience. Okay. So uh, to jump it all back into into silly little love songs, um, <laughs> I'm Ooh. actually surprised that uh, Emily, you've not brought up what I thought you would have brought up as the most important point of this episode. Oh shit! Is it when Kurt slash Chris accidentally feels up Blaine slash Darren? No, but I I did not see that, and you're gonna oh. have to tell. I'm gonna have to tell, have you talk more about that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> is it? Um, is it the, you mock us, sir? Nope. Fuck. Is it Kurt doodling in his notebook? Nope. Is it just the lines, you know, my coffee order? Of course I do. Nope. Is it, oh, I, uh, uh, I don't know. Junior member Blaine Anderson. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I assumed, I assumed when I heard that, I was like, that's going to be the point of this entire episode. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even associate that with grade. But... I didn't either. I didn't associate it with his grade. I associated it with that he wasn't the most uh... senior, like that he wasn't on the warblers the longest. 
Okay, see, for me, I assume it's like, yeah, you're a junior member because you're a junior. Oh, no, I said a senior member because you're a senior. No, okay, so here's, here's, okay, I don't know if this is like overly complicated, but here's my thought process about junior member, like, like junior member, Lane Warbler, Anderson, <laughs> Cooper. Oh, wait, no, yeah, uh, he probably says Lane Warbler, doesn't he? Or does he say Lane Anderson? No, I don't even know when Anderson actually ever shows up, but it's, it's I don't think anyone showed up here. So I, okay, th this is flashing forward because we don't know this yet about Blaine, but he transfers to Dalton. He doesn't stay all what I'm assuming is four years, but maybe Dalton is like a, we don't know if Dalton is K through 12. We don't know if it's six through 12. Like, we don't know what fucking kind of school Dalton is, but he transfers to Dalton. So he's not, he, he is not on He's not a member of the Warblers for as long as he could have been. So my assumption by the junior member is that he has not been a member of the Warblers as long as some of the other members. Therefore, he is not a senior member. Like, so if he has been at the school, he's a, let's say he's been at the school two years now, other boys could have been there three or four years and have senior, like more senior status on the Warblers. I didn't take it to be his grade. That's uh, that's totally fair. I took, I just, I took it straight at face value. I was like, junior member. He's a junior. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, that's 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 fine. I just, I'm not I saying I'm right. Him. I'm just saying that that's how I, I I took it. No, I am right. I'm always <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Just lean into it. You're right. You're right. It's I've fine. never been wrong um, in my life. Now, also, his uh, bling ridiculous like heart. In the air and then pointing forward he's just he's just cheesy can we he's, can we just yes i don't feel enough people appreciate and are aware of how cheesy this boy is he's supposed to be what 15 16 years old he's just a cheese fest uh, he's not 15 or 16 he's pro okay at this point he is still a year older than kurt so he is probably 17. Still and i can stand by the shit cheesy af i'm gonna hold on for one more day Blaine is a cheese ball, and that's part of his, um, it's, uh, it's part of his allure, because he's also, like, Dapper Dan, right? Like, and I, you know, I like that Blaine, either by bad writing or choice, is both hyper-confident and, um, severely not confident, underconfident, so, you know, the lead-up to this is, like, severely panicking. The lead-up to this is, like, uh, gather warblers, I need your help. I'm gonna sing um, a horn dog fest song to an older guy in public at his place of work without him knowing about it. It's gonna be great and awesome, and no way is this gonna go wrong. And then afterwards, he's sitting on a bench um, at a weird outdoor mall in Ohio, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, in his little scarf and beanie, asking if that was too much, as if it wasn't patently obvious. Like, yes, sweetie, that was. Yeah. Plus, that was too much because you are cheesy as hell you're terrible yeah. at this stop yeah anyway. and also like okay i know they're all i know this was written by grown men and you can tell sometimes because their whole conversation afterwards where he's like love is terrible and stupid which like i agree because that's me but his it's such an overblown conversation of when when kurt um gathers up his courage <laughs> wink wink and tells blaine and honestly this does take a lot of courage because i 
can't actually even tell people if I need them to step out of my way. Um, that he thought the song and the whole week was going to be about him, which takes mm-hmm. balls not to be gendered and sexist, but like that takes balls or ovarian fortitude, however you'd like to phrase it in this month of pride. Um, it and Blaine's response is like, I've never been anyone's boyfriend, and and I'm not very good at love, as if you're like a 17 year old idiot. It's such an overblown conversation that really kind of annoyed me because it should have just been winnowed down to like, I'm embarrassed. I fucked up. Can you give me like five minutes to be an embarrassed, sad panda? And then like, maybe we could try this again because that's but all. I also it feel like, I also feel like the overdramaticness is so very teenage. It is. It's like, I'm terrible. I'll never be I'm so bad at love and romance. Like, like as if you yes, can... darling, you are. You'll never, you'll never, nothing will ever change. It's you. Seventeen is the end of your life. You're right. Which okay, is darling. kind of funny because Bye. if you think about what romance means to some people, like romance means a lot of things to a lot of people, and the way people show romance and blah 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 blah. blah. Like, that's a big grand gesture which for some people and some that that people is kurt as we will see down the line singing a romantic well or horn dog song in a public place to a person is a thing that kurt likes and blaine already does that pretty well so like he's actually pretty good at that yeah he is very good at it in a kurt specific way yeah so i don't know if that's uh something that they actually planned ahead or not or they just lucked out at but that is one bit of one bit of something that works out and again blaine likes (sighs) to jump things to feel tall he does he does he likes to jump on things he likes to feel tall (laughs) um all right let's see anything anything else that happened in this episode that that we need to that we need to talk about i feel like we've i feel like we've talked about a lot this episode so i'm afraid to make it go too too much longer Bro, honestly, yeah, I don't remember what we talked about at the beginning. That's fair. Um, you want to you wanna jump into the uh, Klein decks and the Kevin scale? Oh, yeah. Um, the Kevin scale, is, well, he got a, a half a song. Yeah. He got, well, he mm-hmm. got a song, but it was a duet. So, like, I don't know, a three of five? Because it was a song yeah. and he got to say nice things to Britney for once. Yeah, which unfortunately is is new sometimes for him yeah yeah i'm done with with three for kevin okay well done kevin uh the claim decks i want to give either like a six or a seven because they have like it's a good episode for scenes yeah i'm down to give it a seven okay for sheer screen time yeah for sheer time and and i mean in movement of of relationship yeah okay so i think that's i think that's that we all did we all did something important here we did. Um, well done. Uh, well done, Kurt. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I, I didn't ask what our favorite songs were. Do you guys have favorite songs? I just assumed we were all gonna say "When I Get You Alone" because obviously, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Death. Death for show. That's the thing people say, right? Oh, there was one thing I wanted to point out because uh, continuity in Glee only matters for stupidest reasons. <laughs> like. During, Glee's continuity makes no sense. There are things that it's like, why did you do this? And not like anything else. Mm-hmm. But the song that's playing in the background oh, when Kurt yes. and Blaine are on the bench after the gap attack is the same music in the, in the episode where, where Blaine tells Kurt that he loves him. And I was like, 
that you're going to be, you're going to have this continuity, that's continuous, but yeah. like no other characterization. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Glee, Glee has continuity when it doesn't matter. And I'm just like, okay. All right. I don't know what to do with that, but that's a thing. We don't have to ask these questions. All right. So uh, any other favorite lines or favorite moments that we want to call out for this this episode? You know my copy order? Yeah, I would say my favorite lines are all the classic plain ones. Yep. I don't blame you. I feel similarly. All right. Well, with that then, I, I, I think we should call this a successful, albeit potentially long, um, Yeah. Uh, episode and, and call it and congrats to anybody still listening to our voices <laughs> right now uh jesus sorry but uh thanks for hanging hanging in with us and uh that's what you miss on glee New Year's resolutions are hard, but the Xfinity New Year New Gig Sale is easy. Waking up the kids after a long winter break? Hard. But getting gig speed internet so you can stream, surf, and game all at once? Easy. Committing to a trendy New Year's diet? Hard. But finding your favorites on Xfinity X1, the easiest all-in-one entertainment experience, just by speaking into the X1 voice remote? Easy. It's the Xfinity New Year New Gig Sale, and it's simple, easy, awesome. To learn more, go to Xfinity.com, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit a store today. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. At Farmers Insurance, we know a thing or two because we've seen a thing or two. We've seen a car run into a tree, a tree fall through a roof, and we've even seen a car fall through a roof. But there's a better way for your home and auto to come together. Bundle them. And when you get both, you could save an average of 20%. Visit Farmers.com or call 1-800-FARMERS to get a quote today. We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum. Reported 2018 nationwide average savings underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.